everybody and welcome back to another episode of 99 potions fan bites premiere rpg podcast pray for our local recordings and our discord backups but don't pray to the gods that you kill in jrpgs every single game because i am steven strum one of your hosts this week the managing editor of fanbite.com i am joined of course by uh head of large john warren hello my head's very large um, oh okay yeah it's large for my frame uh-huh. um i'm supposed to have like the body of like a six foot one person based on my limb length oh so like me you're you're basically like just should look i like should me. look like you right <laughs> yeah yeah that's true but instead i i look like mike wazowski but with a. I uh, <laughs> I th- i think large head is fine unless you have also a small face then it becomes a problem that's mm. true yeah can you imagine if i just had like all my features in like a, a two square inch uh place on my face that would be yeah. interesting you would, look, you would look like Haley joel osmond I would. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bummer. That's a bummer statement for a couple of reasons. I can't believe. I can't believe Haley Joel Osment was on Monster Factory this week. <laughs> Terrible. Anyway, yeah, they sorry. were using the robust character creator in Kingdom Hearts 3, of course. Yeah. Uh, where he plays Sora. Um, and you could also hear the voice of uh, noted bully uh, filling in for one Natalie <laughs> Flores' shoes, Imran Khan. I don't think I. I don't think I intended to be a bully. I think once you take Natalie's like seat, yeah, it, right. It's like a what? I'm trying to think of an example of a cursed object that turns you into something else. Yeah, it's right. like a Tomoe situation. Mm. Tomie, Tomie. I don't know. It, what uh, is the, that? Tomie is like a uh, the famous monster by God. What is his name? I suddenly am blanking on it. Uzumaki, um, the Junji Ito. Yeah, uh, she's like a weird sort of self replicating mm. mo- parasite monster who is also a succubus. Mm. Okay, that and gen- she yeah. she she like replicates through like if like a piece of Tom- Tomie's hair touches you it like infects you and you become one of her gotcha. and you start acting like her and stuff like that there's it's kind of like that there's probably a simpler way but yeah that's it. <laughs> no i think like that's that. i think i got it i think i nailed it just kind of just <laughs> knocked it out of the park right there if you sit in the natalie throne you become the bully that's basically yeah, what i'm getting that's at. basically it it's yeah. like yeah yeah uh we are here not to talk about manga unfortunately that would be a good show for me but we are instead (laughs) here to answer questions on this year episode of 99 potions that's something we normally do but to be completely honest we didn't think of we never think of what our topic is going to be until like 12 hours before we do that's not you know what i'm gonna say this that's not true we actually i think used to be better at this but we used to be better we used to be better but we've gotten away from being better and instead of the show is just taking a real real turn for the worse and so we need to do questions also 12 hours is wildly generous like that's three maybe (laughs) yeah 45 minutes no it's true but also there's just like not a ton of like news we usually stay you know like we usually do news at the end of the month and 
Uh, we're not playing anything big and beefy and new, so I don't know. This, yeah. this makes sense for the time. Actually, yeah, you know what? It's not our fault. It's not it's our fault. Fa- it's, it's the, the game, game industry's, industry's fault. fault. I, I totally have a game that I would love to talk about, and I just can't for like another two weeks. Yeah. So, uh, and then that, we can I'm talk gonna, about it. I'm going to blame that, honestly. And yeah. Then we can works. talk about The Witcher 4. Oops. <laughs> broke Oops. embargo. Don't tell Papa CD Project Red. <laughs> Oops. Uh no, we're we're taking questions here this week and it is fun. Like like John said, there's just not a lot coming out right now. There's not a lot of news going on. We are in the post E3 lull uh in all seriousness and we are just kind of interested in looking back at some of the stuff we've been playing, some of the stuff that other people have been playing and one of the great ways to do that is a Q&A session. So we have collected yeah. questions from the Fanbyte Discord, that is fanbyte.casa if you would like to join uh and send us questions or just kind of chat with other people and all do all those various things it's a good, you, uh, by the, it's a good spot sorry. yeah it's a great place i i love the community over there yeah uh unfortunately uh one natalie flores did not send us any questions because she is on her synatical still uh <laughs> as we hinted at a moment ago um for the next couple of weeks uh but we wish her the best and um rest in peace i'm sorry that i'm sorry that she passed away <laughs> it synatical sounds so much like a like a PS2 video game from it like does. from software that just mm-hmm. never came to America. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. Well, do we want to just get started on the questions? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. We got some they, good ones. They've got questions and we have answers. Yeah. Oh. Well, Imran, with that really good intro there, would you like to read out the first question? Sure. What's an RPG series that you're intimidated or daunted to get into, but really wish you could because there's so many inches of series, game length, accessibility, etc.? Yeah, this is a really good question, I think, because I, th- I feel like we've approached this topic before, but have never specifically answered like in this broad way of like what's yeah. a series that you are scared to get into. Yeah. Trails. Trails, trails is a good one. Trails. My, we had the same answer. I wish we had coordinated that, Imran. We could have done a countdown. <laughs> yeah, I was the same thing. What, what, what's stopping you from getting into trails? Because I have, I have my own worries. So I never actually like sat down and like enumerated the number of Tales games, but to me, it feels like there's at least sixteen, and they are all 150 hours long, and they're all interconnected in a way that you need to play one, then the other, then the other, or you will not understand the story. Yeah, you can't just, like, get a little bit into, like, Trails of the Sky and be like, all right, cool, I'm going to go to Cold Steel next. And, like, no, you missed the last thing that happened in the very last second of, like, the last frame of Trails of the Sky that completely changed the entire story. Yep. I have, so, oh, go ahead, John. Oh, I was just going to say, this is, like, when I played Chrono Cross before Chrono Trigger, and I was (laughs) like, I was like, it doesn't matter, and then I played Chrono Trigger, and I was like, ah, it kind of mattered, huh? Kind of mattered a little bit. Um, I, I no, think you didn't I, play that Intelaview, no, Satellaview game, so it doesn't oh, radi- matter. Radical no. Dreamers? Radical yeah. Dreamers. Oh, oh I've, I I went back and got that one. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I played that one as well. Like the, Really? Honestly, yeah. there, there are ways in which it is cooler than Chrono Cross. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a neat little game. Um, but, but Trails is weird because, like, I love the idea of this, like, big interconnected... Um, I, I like IGN just posted a, a piece about getting into trails actually. Oh. Is, so I think, I, I think this game is kind of on the front of people's minds right now as something that like is kind of looming. This like big thing that people could get into, but aren't for whatever yeah. reason. And so there are just more people like, Hey, you should get into it. our resident, uh, community leader, Taylor Hicklin is like trying to get us to like play yeah. trails for a while. And it's a game that I, 
tra- trails the first trails in the sky i've played about an hour of and it was fine but then i started to just like feel the enormity of the entire thing and i was like i can't i just yeah. can't um but i think i'm going to i think i'm going to this year i'm going to try it but i it's just it feels so daunting to me yeah I beat the first Trails in the Sky earlier this year, so I can't say this as my answer anymore because I, I beat that first game. And the way I'm run, you described it there of like you miss this thing at the very end of the game is exactly accurate. That's not an exaggeration because that game is like 90 hours of kind of just like very stock standard shonen anime. Like you are this cool girl named Estelle Bright and her brother is like going across the countryside, learning how to become like basically bounty hunters, I guess. Uh, And you just go on like fun adventures, killing monsters and stuff. And then it's in like the last 90 minutes of the game that like, oh, by the way, there's an evil organization and this is what their plan is. And they've got magic powers. Also, this is not a world where magic has existed at any point up until then. (laughs) And then suddenly they reveal, oh, also there are these 12 people that all have magic powers 90 hours into the game. And then it ends on a cliffhanger and you have to play the second game to understand it. So I played a little bit of the second game and then just fell off because it was like, oh, boy, uh, there's so much going on here. So that's Uh, kind of the thing with like I've played Trails of the Sky for, I want to say, three, four hours. And if in those three, three to four hours of a JRPG, they don't give you a hint of who the villain is going to be that I know that game is going to be way too long. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. I mean, there's something so cool about that series is that like every NPC has like a name and a backstory and all that stuff. And it, and it's not even that gimmicky to me. Like I, I've just like read about it and read, read folks uh, who've played the whole series, uh, write about it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that's so cool. But the way I play, I'm like such an exhaustive player. And I'm like, if I don't know what this NPC is saying different this time that I visit the village, I'm going to be sad. And I know it's just (laughs) like, I just think it's, it's got all the things in it that I think in a vacuum, I'm like, I love this. Yeah. There's honestly, honestly, I agree with you, Imran. Like if you're not showing me who the villain is, I know it's going to be too long, but there is something really fucking like bold about just like, I don't know, prestiging at the very end of the game uh, of at the very end of a hundred hour experience. Like what you thought wasn't real. And it's just like, well, you know what? I'll give you points for that, for stringing me along and for a hundred hours until I don't know which, which way is down and which way is up. Like that's every tales game. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, and, or Tales and, of game, I should say tales, tales of. Yeah. But I, I, I like, I admire and en- appreciate all these like very specific details with the trail series that I know exist and are there for me whenever I want them. But I am just, I'm terrified of, of diving in. Cause I think it's just going to be a big, big undertaking for me. And I think there's, there's an element to the two of this where it's just like right now they're, we said this on an early episode of 99 Potions, I'm almost certain. This game, this whole franchise feels like it is one big good collection away from breaking out. Like, yeah. right now, it is so split up where it's like Trails in the Sky 1 and 2 are on Vita, but then 
three isn't or or they're on PSP, but then three is on Vita and then none of them are on PS4 or five or any of that stuff yet. But the Cold Steel games are some of their on them are on PC, but then some of them took no, like three years to come out on PC. Well, I think they're all on PC now. Yeah. I mean, they're on PC now, so you could go to Steam and get them all now. But listen, but, John, but you're right, they, they were all on always. Switch. That's right. what I was about to say. Like, yeah. if, if they if they just released a collection of all Trails games on Switch, I bet that would be like a summer for me to just play through all those things. Yeah. 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 That would get a lot of attention, I feel like. And now we're like recently, I don't know if people missed the news, but we just interviewed a um, fan translation team called the Geofront that is translating the two missing Link games because there's there's Trails in the Sky and there's Trails of Cold Steel and between those two games is another set of, or those two series yeah. is another series of two games that you need to play to understand it that has up until now only been available in Japanese. <laughs> they just skipped over two games in the middle of the series. Yeah. Um, and so a fan translation team was working on that and now they have been brought in officially to make like an official translation of the trails from Azure and or trails from zero and trails to Azure, I think is what it's called. Interesting. Related to this and also speaking of the switch, I was, so I've never had like a really good reason for not getting into the ease games. Like they, they seem really Mm -hmm. cool. And I'm like, "Eh, I'll, I'll probably play that someday. And just like, it's, it's always been like a sliding uh, priority list that like just keeps narrowly missing. But I figured with the switch version of, I think ease nine that I was going to probably try that out. Apparently that switch version is real bad. Uh, So I, apparently the best way to play it, I was talking to uh, some of the people from digital foundry. The best way to play it is PS4 backwards compatibility on PS5. And that's like the ideal way or maybe PC. I don't know. But like, I guess that's what I'm going to do next is I'll just buy an ease game and start trying to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Because those seem like a lower lift. Yeah, they seem like trails. a lower lift. They're standalone They're, yeah. to an extent, I think. Or if they're it's, it's all the same standalone. character every time, but he's a silent protagonist and all the yeah. adventures he has are like disconnected. They don't have yeah. anything to do with each other. How yeah. old were y'all when y'all knew how to pronounce the name of that game? It was, I want to say it's probably within the last seven years. Yeah, I, I would say the last five for me. Yeah. When was X play on the air? It's <laughs> <laughs> so like 10 years ago or something so like 10, 10, 10 yeah. well, probably more than that at this yeah. point. Right, John? It's yeah, be like saw, 15, yeah huh? probably. God. Yeah. And, and Cecil was like 84 years old. So, yeah, I, I would say so. I, yeah, yeah, I said I said wise until like five years ago. I, I uh, <laughs> accidentally pissed off Adam Cecil at a party once. Oh. <laughs> you told me the story. <laughs> uh, he he and he and someone else were talking, and I like I I knew that someone else. And I like came up as like, "Hey, uh, I'm Imran. I don't think we've met before." And he says, "We have," and it just turned away. <laughs> and like, That's oh the, shit! Why do, I just why really do offended. people why do people do that? Jesus sorry, this is Christ. this is an RPG podcast. I'm really sorry, but <laughs> like, imagine we're corner, talking about but... NPCs. If I forget who you are. Okay, unless unless like we worked together together for like ten years and I forgot who you are, don't ever be a prick to someone that doesn't remember you immediately. I feel like that is the the easiest thing not to do, and I I keep meeting people who are like, oh we've met. I'm like, and my mom, my mom even taught me in an early age to say say nice to see you. Because then it it like it sets this ta- it like it gives you a vague out of like yeah okay because the weirdos who are pissed that you don't remember them won't do that 
Anyway, I think that's really weird. I think that it's a, it's that. a horrible behavior. Like, do you know how many people that like, especially not now because we're locked inside all the time, but when we were going to trade shows all the time, do you know how many people you meet in like the span oh, of two so hours? Many. Yeah. yeah. You can't yeah. remember those people like expecting anything different is sociopathic. Like, it's ridiculous. Anyway. I think like it's fine. as like, oh, we've met before, actually. And like as part of an yeah, show, sure, sure, like, sure, right. yeah, yeah, that that's fine. Because like, oh, actually, we did have a fun time before. I think that's yeah. a good way to like, oh, right. Because I don't remember everyone I've had like a post packs drink with. Right. Even yeah. though I it's think they're cool a lot people. of people. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, anyway, anyway. I, give that, I give that interaction a one. <laughs> out of five oh, there it is actually before uh, we get off this question it, it kind of reminded yeah. me of a thing i was curious about do you guys prefer anthology titles or like things that have connective tissue between them all God, good question damn I think, uh, I think i almost always prefer anthology like a Final Fantasy one, two, three, four, or five yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, because like whenever, whenever a company reuses settings or characters, I tend to be like, "You're doing this because you know the brand makes money. Like yeah. you don't, uh, yeah. you don't necessarily have a good reason to bring back Lightning, whatever her name is." <laughs> Verif. <laughs> Yeah, Natalie's yeah. like screaming yeah, at her podcast so, schedule yeah, right now. She's, she's bullying you through the, the radio <laughs> waves right now. That I think said. it's fun. I, I think it's fun when you have an anthology that like you don't need to have played any other game previously, and then like sixty hours into the game, some character who was like a side guy in the first game shows up, and they, you don't have to know who that guy is. But if you do know who that guy is, you're just fucking Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV like, "Hey, it's hey, him! That's him! That's that's uh, that's Harold from Fallout." one he had I the think, tree in his head now he's a tree man in fallout three. Oh my god sure. yeah i i think those are fun i think little cameos and little easter eggs to other things that are connected are fine uh, i think steven actually to your point the fallout series is a pretty good example of that of like uh a canon that will reward players that have been playing for a long time but like those stories are very standalone like yeah um so i actually kind of think i prefer the hybrid but if i had to choose between one or the other I think I'm with you, Imran. I think like there is a creative muscle flexed with anthology series that's a little more concise and a little tight and a little like more focused, I feel like. Whereas if I play this big sprawling thing with multiple um, entries, I feel like it can meander a little bit. Most yeah, of the time. right. Well, like Zelda is also a very good example of a hybrid. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And also to your point, Imran, I feel like it is much more common these days. So there's almost something novel about uh, anthologies at this point, because it was such a common thing in media like 70 years ago. And now it just doesn't happen as much. Like, did you ever hear that like Stranger Things was originally meant to be an anthology, but then they like the first season was so popular that they're right. like, well, let's just actually keep telling the story. Yeah, and then yeah. these kids. And it's not very good <laughs> after yeah. that point. Uh, now, uh, three seasons deep, I'm like, I kind of wish they had just ended it after one or two seasons. Yeah, totally. I definitely do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because I feel like, and you run into this with games a lot, where it's just like, oh, we ran out of story to tell, but we need to keep telling this particular story because, or the story of these particular characters because that's what sells, or somebody, at least somebody at the top says that's what sells. So, you, you know, Gears of War, I think, is a really good example of this, 
where it's just like they finished that story. They finished that trilogy on the Xbox 360 with Gears of War 3. Marcus took off the do rag. Uh, you saw, oh, he does have hair under there. And you're like, wow, I can't believe they they won the Gears. And then they keep telling that story in a spinoff and then in four and then in five. And then like Halo is the same way where it's just like, here's Master Chief. He takes off the helmet at the end of the at the end of Halo 3. He takes off the helmet. They have a big thing about taking headwear off at Microsoft. And then yeah. there's like, and now here's a second trilogy featuring your favorite buddy, the Master Chief. Yeah. With I, a new AI partner who is like very similar to the old one, but is now yeah. naive. I, d- I don't know why they don't treat these big franchises more like like a D&D campaign. Like, right. I feel like I, I feel like and I can't believe I'm going to fucking say this, but I actually think I can see something coming together with the MCU that resembles that where like because mm. I just finished Loki and I'm not going to spoil Loki but like that's going to stand alone as a really interesting kind of like quest that that character went on you know yeah. what I mean like in the grand scheme of things that character has been like involved in five or six big stories some of them are interconnected to this very large sprawling thing but some of them are very you know like centrally connect you know centrally you know disconnected from a lot of things they might start to connect to other things obviously toward the end or whatever but like I do like things that center on a character or a setting. And maybe that's maybe that's why the trail series is a little bit interesting to me because it it does involve a lot of like sprawling plot, but it also involves a lot of like, this is what happened with this setting. I think that's why I like the Sweet Coden series, because yeah. it is mm-hmm. that's connected to a single setting, you know, with this like kind of you know, multiple multitude of continents, but you're always in the same timeline. You're on the same planet. You're doing a lot of that stuff. You have those little signposts that show you where you are in the timeline, but like you're kind of seeing a setting evolve. Um, so I like kind of seeing a character evolve or a setting evolve. But if you're gonna do a big sprawling storyline that need you know, that has to connect things from the very beginning to the things at the very end, it usually falls apart for well, me. At their best, like I I fell off hard because you know weird things got weird at various ways and on the corporate end and whatnot of uh, Western comics, but at their best, that's like one of the coolest things about like Western comics and like comic books and, you know, like you say MCU, but like even going back to like old Claremont comics and how like you would have at Marvel, these different teams that would say like, okay, these are all people that are working in the same office building. So the XYZ characters will show up in each other's stories a lot because those Mm. guys can talk to each other and tell each other this guy's like, uh, you know, Black Panther and the X-Men would, would you know, run into each other a lot because those two writers were working in the same room a lot of the time and they could be, they could tell them like, hey, Black Panther's going to be, you know, flying on a plane in this month's comic or whatever. So if you want to have a story going on in Wakanda at this time, Black Panther won't be there so you can do something there or something like that. You know, like the uh, Christopher Priest era of Black Panther was really good at that. I feel like he was also writing Deadpool at the time. Um, so Deadpool would show up and, and whatnot in his own stories and things. And Loki is actually a great character in the comics for that. Cause there's this like ongoing narrative of Loki that's been happening, or at least when I was reading comics that had been happening for years, starting with Kieran Gillen, former game journalist uh, turned really good comic book writer. Um, 
about like starting with a, a journey into mystery his like kid loki series where loki basically dies at the end of a big marvel event and then gets resurrected as like reincarnated as like a kid version of himself and that story goes forward and that's the basis for a lot of the loki tv series with like the multiversal loki's and different loki's and different timelines and stuff um as well and that story then got picked up by a writer named al ewing who's also a really fantastic marvel writer and those are all different series. It was like Journey into Mystery followed by like Young Avengers followed by Loki Agent of Asgard. And they're all different, but they all follow in that same continuity and call back yeah. to that stuff. But they are their own individual adventures just using the personality and yeah. like toy box of those characters. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be interesting for, for a game to really pick up that formula. I don't know if they have that successfully yet, but... I think the te- the the wind up time on games is so much longer than it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. other stuff. It's super super daunting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't That's know. a good I, question though. By the way, um, I was thirty four when I realized that whenever you're saying Karen Gillen, that you're not talking about Karen Gillen, the no. actress. <laughs> So for a long time, I was like, wow, she's so talented. Like, I just didn't know. I know nothing about comics. So I'm just, I know nothing about journalism or comics. So I'm just like, oh, cool. Wow. Nebula. Wow. She's so talented. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, no, Kieran Gillen, former. Yeah, he wrote for. I know Rocket now. Shotgun? I'm familiar okay. with with Kieran's works now. But for a little while, I was like, huh, wow, cool. <laughs> star of Star of Oculus, neat. Yeah. Well, thank you to Travis for that question. We can probably move on. We've been on this question for a long time, but that was. Yeah, really it's a good, good question. Though. Thanks for asking it. Uh, the next question we have is from Tatum, which asks what fighting game IP would make a good RPG and what RPG IP would make a good fighting game? I like this question a lot because I do feel like, especially now in the like post Arxis explosion that anything can be a fighting game now. Yeah. Mm. I mean, they took grand blue fantasy and they made a fighting game out of it. A good one. Yeah. Yeah. A pretty good one. That is still getting characters apparently. Yeah. That's wild. Um, yeah, I dropped off of like paying attention to that, but it's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> Jordan says they should make an air guys. God bless the ring RPG, um, which, which, which like, you know, it wouldn't just be final fantasy seven. It would also involve, I don't know, chip and Bob or whatever the other fucking characters and air guys were. <laughs> I actually Bob, played that game. I actually played that game not that long ago. So I don't know why I'm acting like I don't know the names of these characters. Cloud Strife. Uh, okay, here I'm gonna I'm gonna actually can we get, okay sorry I just want to really quick run down the roster of air guys. Um, Ken Godhand Mishima, not Han, from Godhand at all, right? Han Han Dehan or Tekken, I guess. Like, Prince Doza, yeah. Yoko Kishibojin, Lee Shuin, Sasuke. Dasher Inoba, Wolf Girl Joe. That's a great name. <laughs> Wolf Girl that's Joe? Great, that's a fucking great Wolf Girl name. Joe is a fighting game character name that sounds like a shitpost. It's absolutely <laughs> great. Koji Masuda, Claire Andrews, and Django Red Scorpion. So Django anyway. Red Scorpion. Uh, yeah, I would not have remembered any of those unless we, I looked them up. Uh, we, we should probably tell for people too what the fuck Air Guys got. Oh, yeah, because a lot of people are like, I don't know, 15 and don't have any fucking idea what Air Guys God Bless the Ring was. Uh, I don't know. It's like an ice. It It's a little bit like Power Stone, another game that you probably don't know when I just said it. It's like a 
weird isometric full 3D movement fighting game. Um, that was just an it was just a game, and then it had like Cloud and Sephiroth as unlockable six, characters. That's actually eventually had six Final Fantasy seven characters. Right. So yeah. in the original like arcade version, it did, and then when they brought it to like PlayStation one, they added like a bunch more. Yeah. And yep. then, like, really played up the like, look, it's Fallout. It's it's Fallout. It's a uh, Final, Final Fantasy. Fantasy, right? Please but it play wasn't this. Originally, please play this. Yeah, it was basically <laughs> basically that. Um, I, I I don't know. I've got like some. I've got some safe, uh, safe ones here. I think like, hmm, finding game IP that would make a good RPG or RPG that would make a good fighting game. I think for RPG IP, that would be a good fighting game. No one would fucking play it, but I would love like a sweet code in 108 characters. Ooh, yeah. Like that's kind of a cool idea. Yeah. Um, that's a smart one. Yeah. And like, you could get, you could do like team battles and things like that. I think that would be kind of an interesting one. Yeah. Like the, the, the idea of like tag, assists or something like that i don't need to end eh, i don't need it to necessarily be a tag fighter but like the idea of being able to like here's this one character and they're like a chef and they call in the six other chefs in the game to come and like be a projectile well and for those who haven't played the rpg those are those are usually based on like unit battles so you'll have like you know maybe three or four depending on which game you're playing like playable characters but you might have two support characters that basically do things from the outskirts and i i feel like you could do that you could like select you know a small team but then yeah you get these support characters behind you i think that could be kind of interesting no one would play it because it's just not like a big iconic uh, uh franchise but nobody remembers we could end but us yeah but uh but yeah like i think that would be kind of interesting what about y'all i I might go a little bit odd with this one and say Undertale as a RPG oh, that should be a fighting. Great. That game. would be great. Yeah, that would yeah. Be, that would sell Gangbusters. Oh, that would too. that would be incredible. Yeah, like it. It just sort of makes sense with the way everyone has these like kind of abstracted attacks, but they're like abstracted in a way that represents fighting games. Yeah, or fighting in general. So I would, I absolutely think that would be a a pretty cool conversion for that. Sans would be like Orange Cassidy and just fight with never taking his pot hands out of his pockets. Yeah, well, that's how you well, know someone is strong. By the way, right. Kenny Omega, AEW World Champion, uh, is one of the biggest uh, Undertale fans in, in right. mainstream media. He and came out making, to a match in Undertale cosplay. Once. Yes, he yeah. came out to a match. He came out in a match in Sans Undertale. Uh, Toby Fox did his intro music for a big title match in New Japan. Um, it's it was totally wild. Um, the AEW wrestling game, which is like being made by Ux, who bailed from wwe to do the AEW thing um like i i would be shocked honestly if they don't put some sort of like undertale shit in that game um <laughs> like like a secret costume for someone to wear is like sans undertale like listen that's not an undertale fighting game but i'm like we're not that far away from at least something resembling right. that so there is a sans costume in smash brothers so i would yeah i mean I, I, there's a precedent so um but i think that's a great answer though emron i would love to see that i think that'd be really cool I was going to say for, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, can I go the other way with this real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think Darkstalkers, like the the announcement oh. of Metal Slug Tactics um, gives me the idea of like, well, 
Capcom is never going to make another proper Darkstalkers game. But what if they brought back Darkstalkers as like a turn based like strategy RPG or something like that? Ooh. And like Morrigan was a Fire Emblem type unit. And you could have the characters. OK, so Jordan does say Project X Zone <laughs> in the chat here, <laughs> uh, which is kind of that. It's for kind sure. of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think like specifically, like if you really leaned into the like Darkstalkers element of it, like they're all they're different because all the fighting game characters in that series have like are are based on, you know, Universal Studios type monsters and stuff like that. And you could do such fun stuff with like them uh, tactically and like with like skill trees and stuff like m a mummy character that could like stretch out and, you know, go across the battlefield and hit people from a distance or something. And like Morrigan could do all kinds of wild shit, I'm sure like that'd be neat. In what? my head, I want to answer Guilty Gear for the game that would convert best to an RPG. Way. Yeah. The problem is, Guilty Gear, canonically, what is Guilty Gear 2, the sequel to Guilty Gear, is a Muso RPG style game that is just fucking terrible in like <laughs> every way. And I feel like the answer is Guilty Gear, but made by someone who knows how to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a weird one. Yeah. What about a first person Bethesda like, but it's Soul Calibur? So like Oh, like a like a Elder like a Scrolls. big open Elder Scrolls game. You are Mitsurugi or whatever, <laughs> and you have to go on quests to get like I don't know, to like either battle or like do different things from these real earth locations in fucking fifteen hundred or whatever. Whenever, whenever that shit takes yeah. place, I've lost track. You play as Ivy and your health bar is on your titties like that stress. That's, park game. <laughs> that's terrible. Um, <laughs> John, but this it's is like, not ex exactly what you mean, but do you remember Soul Calibur Legends? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> like I do. Not fondly. <laughs> no, I, think, I feel like I, I feel like to your point, Imran, about Guilty Gear, like Guilty Gear would have to be someone good. I think this would be an interesting like I would love I would love to like have to infiltrate the money pit. And oh, like yeah. confront Valdo and yeah. like, like there's stuff there. Like, I don't think like, I think, I think the pieces they've set up in that series are really interesting, but they've just never put any sort of like right. real muscle behind executing them in an interesting way. Um, and I think it's there. Like there are a lot of elements there that could be interesting. Um, mixing this, like, you know, obviously the supernatural stuff with, uh, you know, real locations from history and things like that. So I don't know. I, that, Taking, that was that was when I just pulled out uh, in the past five minutes. I was like, oh, I would play that. I started thinking about it. I was like, I would, I would at least try that. If that if, also, oh, sorry. I was just going to add, if people have not seen Soul Calibur Legends, look up Lloyd Irving from that game because he's a mm. secret character in that game and he looks horrific. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been a huge Soul Calibur, Soul Calibur fan, so I'm not actually sure what this looks like. It, I mean, it's a Wii. It looks like Soul Calibur 2 as an action game, but worse. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. Great. Uh, taking your idea, John, a little bit in a different direction. Um, you, you saying that made me think, what if there was like a modern day, like contemporary setting RPG, like a Yakuza set in the Tekken universe mm. where you're just like running around as like Kazuya across like Tokyo while the G corporation or whatever is sending guys after <laughs> you and you use like special moves to fight through them as they shoot like spec ops guns at you or whatever. I mean, and that you have was to, like fight up buildings. Death that by was degrees. definitely, 
that that was there was some death by degrees in there and also the mode in in Tekken 4 that had you right. do that like yeah. but they the, but those were bad like yes. so yeah like, <laughs> right if the Yakuza Definitely. team did it that would be that would be better yeah like you're you're thinking like what if they made that Jax game from Mortal Kombat better oh yeah oh, fucking wow. special forces do you remember when they were like their plan was we're gonna do one of these for every character every in the character. Mortal Kombat yes, and, like, <laughs> three games in was it even three games or was it, it just was two? one game in it was like Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero God. and then and then it like Mortal and, Kombat Special Forces was a different thing they yeah. never Realm, made Nether more Realm is truly the Sufjan Stevens of the video game world <laughs> 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 I mean uh, what was that game uh, Shaolin Warriors that was good Shaolin Monks, I think. Yeah, Shaolin that was Monks, a really good. Yeah, that idea. was a weird one. I liked it though. I play. I play. I like. I didn't buy that game, but I rented it in college, and I like. I like beat the brakes off that thing, and yeah. like in like an, a, a weekend, I was like, "This is really weird. I don't want to purchase this game, but I liked it." <laughs> well, it yes. was like a. It was a cooperative, like God of War, like kind of. Yeah. It was really neat. Now, there's a scene in that game. There's a boss fight where Baraka is like standing at the back of a room past like a big lava pit or chasm or something that you can't traverse. And he just like sits at the other end of the room, grabbing scared shell and monks, lighting them on fire and then throwing them at you. And then they God. run around burning and like, ah, and you have to dodge them. <laughs> Fucking inspired. Yeah, it's really good. And it's like it gets a lot of what would end up being the kind of like tone of Mortal Kombat later, I think during kind of the most derided era of Mortal Kombat that like Mortal Kombat, Deadly Alliance, Deception, Armageddon era. Yeah, yeah. They, they're you can see them figuring out what Mortal Kombat is should be like yeah. through <laughs> Shell and Monks and uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC. Like once they get to nine, they're like, OK, we've we've nailed what we want this. Yeah, right. Right. I I do wish we lived in a world where I could also see the path they took when they decided uh, Mortal Kombat 4 was the way they wanted to go. <laughs> like, I kind of want to see what that looks like because you, as, uh, <laughs> you have posed the idea once John of like just watching video ga- or fighting game endings Ooh. on oh, screen. Yeah. Oh, and like if we do that Mortal we got to do like, that. Yeah. We have to start with that one, I yes. think. <laughs> it's really good. That's we need good to one. do that idea. I think that's a great idea. But like Mortal Mortal Kombat 4's endings are like fucking art. I mean, it's they unbelievable. They are bonkers. Yeah. Um, do we want to move on to question number three? I think so. Sure. Uh, John, do you want to read this uh, this third sure. one? Sure. What RPG do you want to see a sequel to? And then it, this was a little bit of editorialization, but that's fine. And why is it Golden Sun? <laughs> so, my understanding from talking to Golden Sun fans is most of them really, really hate the DS game. Yeah. And I, I never played the DS game, so I'm oh, not sure neither. why it's so hated. But like, apparently, if, if you ask Golden Sun fans, they want a sequel that is not like, that either takes place before that game or just like ignores it completely. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like uh, Metroid is seems like it's ignoring Metroid Other M. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like this is a good question because it's I feel like most RPG series do tend to get sequels. Like there's yeah. kind of an era of like PS1 and PS2 RPG that I feel like just completely dropped off the face of the earth. We've talked about like Suikoden has just disappeared. Um yep. Vagrant yep. Story is maybe a good one. Yeah. I, I I've always kind of wondered like why is it that no one ever goes back to Final Fantasy VI? Like, they they've made sequels, literal sequels to Final Fantasy IV and Final Fantasy VII. Final but Fantasy like four, seven, yeah, 
10 uh 10 13 13. yeah like six is such a lot like honestly yeah they did make a sequel to 12 yeah like it's it just seems it's i wonder if it's like a matter of reverence like they they know if they touch it it's like people are going to be so pissed off but they did it with i feel like there's more reverence for seven like on a wider scale but they but they also like Oh God, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like when you have a clown who <laughs> who ends the world and then becomes an angel and then like can you go anywhere from there? I don't I know mean, if you can go any I mean they could try. FO7 like had a very final ending, and then it's some like yeah. what if there was just a scientist that we did not talk about and yeah. Vincent fought him as a demon? No, no, you're right. I mean, you're right. It's it's totally true. Yeah, when when Advent Children was announced, I was like, this doesn't need to happen. Yeah. They have, maybe it's just, I mean, I wonder honestly if it's the fact that like Nomura seems like he's one of the major forces driving them like creatively on the single player side of things. Because it's like between the eras of uh, seven to now, they have not really ever done like a a lot with like the pure fantasy worlds, I feel like. Like there was nine and that was a huge outlier. And then Sakaguchi left and did his own thing. I think there is like a, I, I have always thought there is a very, very interesting story to tell after nine. And I won't say what I won't say what it is in, in the hopes that eventually I get to make it. But, (laughs) but I do, I do think there is a really interesting narrative that nine sets up very quietly in the last few minutes um, of that game. And I feel like what a good ending. It's yeah. a great ending, and I and I think it 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 hints at the world going on with with still some of the issues that are that are persisting, but also uh, I don't know, and I I think that wraps up in a way that tells me there could be a sequel. I, I think the easy answer for me would be Vagrant Story, which you mentioned. I think that's yeah. a, a really like Evilise is an interesting world that they keep tapping into, and I think they keep they could still do that. Um, Ashley Riot, we never actually like learned really anything about him as a character. Nope, Not that nope. we would have to follow him in a sequel, I think, but he's such sure. a, like a weird, mysterious figure in this greater narrative that they've told about yep. the evilly stuff. I actually I remember abs- like thinking at the time they're totally just going to release another version, like another sequel to this game that stars Sydney or something like right. that. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, like I, and and you know what? If they made a sequel to this game in 2022, I hope it looks exactly the fucking same. <laughs> I think there's something to say for that, honestly. I, I was I reading some of the incredible. tech stuff about that game, and they were like, they they were started making that game, and then they saw Metal Gear Solid. They were like, "Wow, this looks amazing! I yeah. bet we can do better." So their mm. their thing was, "What if we did our moving lips?" Is our uh, yeah. was the main thing they were working on. Right. And they actually achieved it, which should not have been possible with it. Should that not have been possible. Yeah, nope. they, they, that that is. Pound for pound, if you to borrow a phrase from sports, pound for pound, I think that might be one of the most technically uh, impressive games I've ever played. Right. Um, just yeah. in terms of like the time and the technology and all that stuff, I would love a sequel to that. Uh, Jordo put in chat Legend of Dragoon, which I I also think would be interesting. Although I I also kind of think that game is so weird. I I, I don't know if y'all have played that game, but like. Um, it, it was kind of like positioned as a Sony, like first party final fantasy killer almost, yeah. even though they yeah. had the final fantasy stuff on lock for a while. Um, and it was so sprawling and like, it, it has really good menu music. I remember that really well. Um, 
I don't know how ripe that I maybe an anthology sequel. I don't know how ripe that actual world was to like do something like next with that specific cast of characters. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone remembers Dart, uh, for example. <laughs> he was going to it, be in Place in All Stars and they ended up canceling his DLC right at the end. Unbelievable oh, no. bummer. I would have loved to see Dart <laughs> in a fighting game. Um but uh yeah, I think those would be my two picks. Do you not want a Xenogear sequel? Well, my answer is really complicated there. I think it's like... Uh, I, I, I thought I, I just say dropped a bomb you broke you, John. You kind of broke me because I'm thinking about it. I'm like, there, there, were, there was at one point uh, nothing I wanted more. I mean, this might be embarrassing, but the, there is nothing I wanted more like in the world. Like, more, like I cared more about this than like love or shelter or whatever. <laughs> I wanted them to make all six of those games. Mm. Um but unless they get the same team back together with with frankly honestly the same kind of overall like vibe and sense of like man who gives a shit this was just like a rejected final fantasy 7 script like let's just go for it yeah um unless they go at it with the same kind of attitude i don't really want it but so there will be a lot of caveats with that but yeah. if 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 the same folks came back and really put their backs into making episodes one through four and then six. And I guess you would have to remake five as well. Um, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't think uh, Soria saga. Like, I think she retired from video games completely. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think my answer for this one would be Bat and Kaidos. Like it got a Ooh, good, pre- yeah. it got a prequel and it was oh, a very, very good prequel. But yeah. I feel like that world has so much more you could do with it that like, I don't know. I that's a model cool who's still around. Hone is still making games. Like it should be pretty logical. At very least, they should release a remaster. I'm not sure why they what? haven't yet. So I I've seen this game. I've seen a copy of this game in my local mom and pop used game store like a million times. All I know about it is that there was an article going around like a year or two ago about how somebody was speed running it, and the speed run took like 127 <laughs> hours or something. <laughs> it's a, so like. The the setting of that game is everyone lives in like a cloud world. Yeah. Every like every kingdom, everything is above the clouds in some way. And like they managed to do a really interesting thing of even though everything theoretically, every environment should look similar, they make every single town and kingdom and all that look vastly different with like very interesting use of color and sound and environment. And the I don't want to spoil this for you or spoil it for anyone in case a remaster does come out. Right. But like it has a very interesting plot twist where for the game, you are not controlling a protagonist. You are the partner of the protagonist who is like a spirit that just kind of watches the story unfold and whoever like a spirit attaches themselves to becomes more powerful in the end. And I think that's Jordan says like Pac-Man too. (laughs) But with fewer making them cry, like you don't do that as much, (laughs) but yeah, it's a really interesting game. And then the, the sequel, is a prequel to, or it's a prequel to that. And then they just sort of left it there. And I, I really think they could have done one more game with that at least. Yeah. Uh, isn't that always just the fucking biggest bummer too, where like there, a, a thing will end on a cliffhanger or whatever, or you want more of it. And then they'd make a prequel and then never touch it again. Like, yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Cause there's an iTunes trailer for the foundation of TV series based on foundation, which is a series of like, it's like, 
um, Isaac Asimov's like magnum opus where he was like doing a lot of the like Stephen King Dark Tower multiverse stuff way before all of that stuff where he tied together all of his other stories through this like foundation story. Um, and he got I think it was three books, three or five books deep and then couldn't figure out how he wanted to end the story. So he said, I'll just write two prequels uh, while I try to figure out where I want this to go. And then he died <laughs> and never finished the series. <laughs> so it just ends on a massive, like bizarre cliffhanger that I can't even uh, like, I'm not even worried about spoilers. I just can't even describe it without explaining like a million hours of history of these books or whatever. Right. But like it's, it, that's tough to deal with. And I feel yeah. like that happens in games a lot too, because games, again, they have such a long lead up time. People make a lot of plans. And then if the game doesn't sell well, it's like, well, move on to the next thing. That's pretty much, I think the definition of what happened to half-life. Yeah. 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 Like, right. Right. I still need to play Alex too. That's another game. Um, for I, me? Oh. yeah, but I want to know, I want to know what you're thinking. I have like seven game series that just <laughs> pop up on top of my head right now. Like dark cloud is one that I was thinking about earlier. Cause, mm. uh, Imran, you brought up ease and ease eight. I always wanted to try ease eight. Cause, uh, it always made me think this kind of sounds a little bit like dark cloud <laughs> where you're building like a little town between dungeon runs. Like that seems cool. Uh, I think there's something to be done with that. Like pretty well, the idea of you delve through a big dungeon to collect um, parts of a town and like having more of a base building aspect. It's actually something that I really wanted more from in Fallout 4. There is a mixture there of like the creativity of building a town and a settlement and getting to know the people of your town. And then you also play like a really deep RPG on top of that, that I don't think anyone has fully 100% executed on in the modern era. And I really, really want that. Um, this, this is the tragedy of level five is that, they they make good game or they have in the past made good games, but they're so addicted to chasing whatever trend. Yeah. And usually they th there's very often that like they create those trends and then chase them till they die. And right. like just just make a new Dark Cloud, man. Like just you know get on that. Yokai Watch Five is just not happening. They're never gonna make a new Sumo <laughs> Eleven. Just just make a new Dark Cloud. Uh, just give up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say, I, now that we've been talking for a few minutes, I, I, I Skies of Arcadia is the obvious answer oh, for me, oh, which yeah. I, I never fucking, I just didn't even think about for some reason. I would love to see. You took it for granted. Because I took you it for just granted. love it so much. I did. The the one off the beaten path, I would say, even though there, there are technically four games in the series already, so it's hard to say that it deserves a sequel, but um, Shadow Hearts. Mm, there, Yeah. That's a weird series. And I'm glad to see one more. The first game is like a very serious JRPG. Very uh -huh. serious. And yeah. like the and second the sequels game, are not. The, the yeah, the second game's not. a comedy. Second game has the, the same characters, but it's a comedy. It's a comedy game. Yeah. It is a weird, weird series, and I would love to see maybe one more attempt at it. Because like, did you ever play um God, what was it called? Um it was one of the first 360 RPGs. 360. Uh, uh, I think I know what you're talking. The from Eternal one? Arms. Eternal Arms. Yes. Eternal Arms. The from Eternal Software one. You fight. Yeah. You fight the president of the United States as a secret boss. Uh, huh. Eternal Arms is like. Is that what it's called? Shit. Enchanted Arms. Enchanted Arms. Thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah, that game has the same kind of like 
this is a serious RPG. Also, it's fucking insane. Yeah. It's just like it's just like really, really, really goofy and weird, and it's like actually pretty problematic today. I would say yes. in a few ways, there is um, a gay character who is not presented all that not well. Not presented right. well at all. Um, uh, but it's like at least with this kind of like weird kind of shift, like tone shift stuff. I thought Shadow Hearts kind of did that as well, yeah. but with actually somehow less problematic stuff, I feel like. And Shadow Hearts was interesting, too, because it's like, again, it probably, it, it I, I say it probably doesn't hold up well, but it actually probably wasn't great then. But, like, it is interesting that that was a game with, like, multiple Native American characters in the, in one of the sequels or prequels. Yeah, the, the, Shadow Hearts. The, the third one, yeah. Yeah. Um, like that is not a thing you see ever in no. games. <laughs> no, that's that's true. I mean, it did do some kind of interesting stuff. I, I don't know if like most of it was successful, but it was like such a weird little novelty. Um, when I was, I think it was like my college years that I was playing yeah. those, and I was like, ah, I you know, it's I also neat because it was like one a, of these. It was like an alt history thing. So like right. yeah. the third yeah. game, you were you. I think you saved Al Capone's life in a prison riot. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. Would you and sent you to Mexico? Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's weird stuff like that. Uh but I, I like I like that stuff. The Raidu Kuzunoha games from around that same era were kind of a similar idea of like alt history Meiji era Japan, I, yeah. I want to say. Like they're, they're like Japan, like PS2 era is just so ripe for all this stuff because like Japan would just like do anything and could basically do anything because the PS2 sold ungodly numbers and so it's like well even if this doesn't sell if it, even if this only sells to 10% of the audience or or 1% of the audience that's still like 60 million people or whatever <laughs> so yeah it was just like and it games are so much cheaper to make back then too yeah. before the advent of HD assets and stuff like that made everything so expensive yeah yeah. Um, a lot of, lot also, of sequels. last one, uh, yeah. I'll say real quick, because you brought it up Ivelisse earlier, John. I'm surprised we have never seen a proper Final Fantasy Tactics 2. Yeah. Mm. They, mm. I want to say Matsuno showed what he's, what that game would have been recently. Hmm. I, I need to go look that up real quick. Hold on. Like, I feel like now in the post Fire Emblem taking over the world era like now is the best time period to to do something like that but i also feel like square enix probably wouldn't get that part of it right in some weird way there's something about like square enix's approach to like horny character design that where they they feel like they it feels oftentimes especially i'm thinking i think along the lines of bravely default or whatever where they think this is what you want right and it's like absolutely not (laughs) yeah yeah okay it was a a hexagon based game that they were they couldn't develop it uh, internally, so they made the choice to outsource, which is probably what ended up killing it, is that whoever the outsourcing company just couldn't finish it. Mm, but he has okay. screenshots for the oh. game that just basically never existed because uh, they just didn't have time to finish it. Damn. Damn. But maybe one day. That seems like something that's still perfectly possible. But um, we can move on to another question here. We're actually going pretty long already, so we can probably... Yeah. You want to do uh, oh. one more? Do you want to pick yeah, one more? Let's do one more and see uh, see where we land. Uh, Which one do you want to do? I'm looking right now. Um, <laughs> I think what is a thing? We all said we had answers to this yeah, question. So what I, is a thing about an RPG that you were embarrassed to tell anyone about at the time, but in retrospect is nothing? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I guess... 
I don't know. I Steven, you had an answer for this. I'm trying yeah. to figure out how to frame mine. Well, so I know how to frame mine because I think I've told this story before, maybe not on 99 potions, but at least on channel F uh, before another fanbite.com slash podcasts podcast. And that was when I was a kid, Final Fantasy X had come out, and I think I got a copy on my birthday, but my friends had already had it for a little while because I had a lot of friends who were um, only childs or only children, and so they would just get <laughs> stuff childs. way faster. Yeah. <laughs> only childs. Um, and they were telling me things about it in, like, hushed tones or whatever, like, you know, like, oh, I, I heard this, or, oh, I saw this, or blah, 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 because um, it was, like, such a cultural event at the time. And I, you know, so I would hear a bunch of rumors, finally got a copy of it uh, at some point. But one of the things that I had been told ahead of time by a friend of mine was like, oh, yeah, partway through this game. And we were like, you know, God, I would have been 10 years old at the time. And we were playing it in like the basement on my PS2. So we were like hiding it from my parents because we didn't want them to see the scene. But it was like, oh, yeah, eventually Riku joins your team. And at one point she gets naked and everybody's like, oh, oh my God, no. And like, <laughs> God. Um, so we get to that scene eventually. And what it is 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 Riku is like shows up in a weird diver suit at the beginning of that game because right, she takes off the diver suit yeah and uh, like underneath she's got like on just like a like a tank top and like shorts or something like that yeah, she's but got on like, the outfit that she wears in the game yeah. yeah yeah exactly it's like the it's the it's what people know Riku to be but there's like right. a there is admittedly a protracted like oh yeah no 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 rendered cutscene of purpose. her yeah, yeah like yeah. yeah like stripping down and whatever but it is not nearly as like scintillating as it was made out to be at the time but we were like so scared of like somebody knowing that oh this game has nudity in it and we wanted to see it yeah Uh and of of course because at the time we had no fucking idea what a e or t rating meant (laughs) or what it could mean uh ironically y'all were so worried about sinning in a game about sin so yeah you know what well we killed sin by the end so killed sin. good um when i was a Kid, in, I, I imagine, I think this is like sophomore year of high school. I bought Wild Arms 3 and I really dug it. I really, I was like, I want to tell people about this game. I want to tell people at school about this game. So I went to some friends who, uh, in my, like, uh, if I tell you they were part of the anime club with me, that should probably explain a lot. But like, <laughs> they, they are probably like chuds at this point like that's the type of people they were in high school a very oh women and casual should not get into rpgs or whatever sure sure and i was i told them about wild arms 3 and like we were in the computer lab so i think they like looked it up screenshots on magic box or whatever and they're like oh this game stars a woman like that no that's not a thing that's like rpgs don't star female characters and they made me embarrassed about it because i'm like oh do i actually like this game as much as i think because like Mm. all my friends are making really good arguments i guess about how (laughs) this rpg is not uh (laughs) it's not a real good game because it starts a woman character and now i'm just like fuck those guys like they yeah they probably got nothing going on their lives and they were assholes then too or maybe, you yeah. know, maybe they got better. Maybe they realized Who knows? how uh, shitty they were. Who knows? I think, happen. I think really mine is just a general one. And it's a little, it's, I'm chomping, I'm chomping giant bombs flavor a little bit, but I just didn't know. I didn't know what Phoenix down was until I was like 20. <laughs> oh, sure. sure 20 sure. or 25. And so I've, I was just like, 
a phoenix down. Like I thought I don't. And I sometimes I would say that in my head when I would use one. I'm like phoenix. Like it's a spell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of just like, oh, no, it's a fucking feather from a phoenix. That's, That's a classic. Gets, I, think, like, yeah. I, I have. I, the- I, would, I just really, really, really didn't understand it. I, I really know the didn't. exact time I figured that out was I played that part in Final Fantasy VII where you're on the roller not tra- the train tracks in Corel that looks right. like a roller coaster and you like go up to a, like a a fe- a bird's nest and you get a phoenix down from it and that same day or maybe the day after my parents were like took me to like a bed bath and yawned or something oh. and we like got like a down stuffed pillow or something and like oh I think I just put things together in my head that I have never put together before. Yeah, it was like it. you realized that Phoenix Down was actually feathers and also discovered for the first time what like logical deduction was <laughs> as a I think, child. I think I think the other thing that I I don't know if I was like embarrassed to tell anyone about it, but I was embarrassed when I figured it out. It's like there's a sequence in Final Fantasy seven where you're supposed to shut down uh, um uh or like fix something before the rocket launches as uh sid's assistant or whatever um and there's this period where like i just couldn't figure out for some reason what to actually check to in order to make this happen so i like failed the sequence three or four times that just like not supposed to be failed because this is like it's nothing it's nothing it's like it's like the easiest thing to do but for some reason i like kept panicking whenever a fucking countdown timer appears on my screen oh yeah i panic and so even if the solution is like extremely simple i was always just like really really freaked out and i think i like failed some like it's essentially an unfailable easy story sequence like three or four times before i figured it out which is really weird i was in the same way like when i was a kid there like i don't know how embarrassing this was at the time or whatever but like when i was a kid i just didn't understand timed sequences in games i guess or like didn't under like or it was like how horror games when you're a kid or whatever it's like oh that's too scary i can't play it but then the minute you actually like you know die to a monster in a game you realize oh it's just i just respawned at a checkpoint right it's just a video game it was like that but for timed sections in video games and specifically there is a scene in brave friends through musashi where that whole game is like you're in a this sort of like medieval town that is connected to this forest called steamwood forest that is uh, it's a forest that is full of pipes and weird like steamwork kind of almost like semi steampunk, but like with more of a fantasy bent to it that powers the city. And there's a part where the where Steamwood Forest gets sabotaged and you have to like go to this tower and like release these pressure valves. And it's just this like little mini game of like press X button while the bar is like at the top and you'll relieve the pressure, that sort of thing. But you're timed throughout the entire thing and the timer doesn't stop when you pause. And I was so terrified because like the the fail state was presented as like, if you don't do this, Steamwood Forest explodes and everybody in town dies. And I was just like... For some reason, my brain didn't put two and two together that like, well, if that happens, I'll just reload a save. I was just like, no, I can't let them die. I'm too scared to play this. Like I was scared of Mr. X or something. And I didn't come back and play that game for months or maybe years and later until later. And I realized, oh, right. It's just a fucking video game. I don't people aren't actually going to die if I don't press the button in time. I just try again. We're cool. And I eventually went back and beat it. And Brave Fritz Musashi is one of my favorite games of all time. You know, mm. but like, yeah, that's that's stuff is is like just one of those weird things when you're a kid where it's just like you take things way more seriously than you need to yeah i have yeah. Uh, a slightly more recent example of something i was embarrassed about in an rpg and like i'm not sure if in retrospect it was nothing it's still kind of a shitty thing but like 
the character designs in Xenoblade 2 made me not play that game oh, for several yeah. years. Yeah. And it's yeah. like yeah, that's a it's, tough one. It's still kind of that of like I, I, I ended up playing it because Pyra and Mithra were added to Smash Brothers. I'm like, okay, I want to know who these characters are. Right. And they're both actually pretty <laughs> decent characters. But wow, she just straight up just wearing a thong and just sticking out her shorts and like, okay. It's, it's you, definitely a tough game to play in front of other people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it, it is honestly a, a, a game I might try to finish before I move in with my partner and like, just so right. I don't have to pay, play it in front of her. <laughs> it's it's also one of those character things too where it's just like, you know, in real life people can dress however they want, etc. and so on. Like that that's totally fine and whatever, but it's also like one of those games where it's just like this character's personality does not really match the like the way that they present themselves does not really match the way that they have dressed themselves because oh right, they didn't dress themselves. They're a fictional character that was quote unquote dressed by a dude who designed this character and designed them to look a certain way. So Pyra in particular is just this like she's just talking and having like very normal conversations with you with her ass just fully hanging out in the camera at all times like yeah. it's so bizarre and also um, she gets like she's very shy and demure so when you say something yeah. like that could be innuendo she like turns beat red which is like you're turning beat red but i can see that in your hips you know yeah like uh-huh. it's such it yeah again like you said people can dress however they want in real life but it's so weird when it's just like this is part of a marketing structure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like somebody I mean, made the, the, the conscious decision. I, th- I remember it with like this conversation, I forget who said this at the time, but like, I remember this conversation being set around resident evil revelations. That first game, um, that first 3ds game that they made. Yeah. I know um, which character you're talking about too. And like, I remember one of the reviews for that game describing one of the characters who has like what, like they're, they're wearing like a leotard with one leg that like that has like one pant leg, but then it's like got a spiral pattern of skin showing. And then the other leg is bare. And like people, uh, I remember uh, some review at the time described it as like, this doesn't look like a character who got up in the morning and decided to dress this way. This looks like somebody who was like, who had their like clothes chosen for them and like painted on. Like they look like a character that was designed, not like a character who would like a person that would ever exist in real life. Oh, sure. Yeah. Or or even in the fiction of this world, they don't look like the, a person that would exist. But I mean, did Chris Redfield look like he chose that jacket for himself in <laughs> Final Fantasy Village? Like who the fuck would pull that out of the closet? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's like I yeah, I think it's weird. I, I think that could be weird. I, I think I was definitely embarrassed in nineteen ninety-seven when my friends found out that I did everything I could to get all of the 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 right things for cloud to wear uh to don corneo's mount mansion oh sure yeah <laughs> like i was i was i was like why did but i wanted to get all the good stuff i wanted to get the yeah, underwear yeah and i wanted to get like the perfume and stuff. you want to win like i want to do that now of course in 2020 i'm like if you if you don't do all of that i'm judging you you know yeah, so, exactly um so yeah you know it's most of it's just time i mean the most embarrassing things i've ever you know, encountered at RPGs or like, yeah, I've told this story before. It's just my mom walking in on Cosmos as Mary Magdalene or whatever. And, <laughs> and chaos is Jesus Christ. And my mom just kind of overhearing this conversation happening uh, toward the end of Xenosaga episode three. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, RPGs are just, I think, fundamentally embarrassing in some ways. Yeah. But like, I grew out of caring about most of them. So uh, yeah. I have one other example that is very recent and by very recent, I mean, literally yesterday um, there was when we were recording channel F uh, which this week's channel F uh, for the site, 
I we always have a document open and Merit asks us to put in the games that we played that week and the games that we want to talk about. And originally I just wrote, you y'all aren't gonna like the answer <laughs> because the answer was Dota 2. Yeah, and people yeah. Uh, and I was just like, uh, people are gonna make so much fun of me, and people are gonna bully so much me so much. But then, like, at a certain point, I realized, like, and this is also just like maybe just like overcoming the trauma of like playing and working with people who in the past. Not to say that everybody I worked with before Fanbyte was terrible or anything like that, but there was like a recollection of or like this realization of like, yeah, people are going to like bully me and have fun with it or whatever but it's all in a, like knowing for a fact that it was all going to be coming from a place of like good humor and like uh you know fun well, and not well, actually Steven, also just the way you used to talk about how you played this game also I think we're all just very that. concerned about, about <laughs> but everybody that. but but it's all from a place of caring one way yeah, or the other <laughs> that's true yeah yeah it's it's like nobody was going to be like like talking shit about me no, for playing no one's a bad judging game or you yeah i'm just concerned that we're gonna have to take you to like the dota <laughs> methadone clinic yeah. or whatever um and yeah. you will but yeah I, that's how i know that you care yeah but no it's fine there is definitely but like previously i definitely have been like had friendships and relationships and stuff like that with people who would absolutely just like judge me for playing xyz not even just dota but like other <laughs> things and i would feel bad about it and maybe they meant it from a place of like good humor and stuff like that but like the that was just not the vibe that we had as people whereas right. like there was a re realization yesterday of like oh yeah this is just this, this is chill like this is something that i can uh talk about with these folks yeah of course yeah yeah we're we're all in good company we can all be embarrassed <laughs> yeah. about the dumb things we love together yeah no one will judge or if they judge they'll forget it quickly no, for, right yeah that's true <laughs> that's, that's also true. i know a bunch of other embarrassing shit about everybody here anyway that's, so if anybody yeah, tries to true. talk shit also true the second the second i needle you about dota you're like how many times have you played through shinmu like you know <laughs> i'm like uh, yeah, oh god enough. anyway that's probably going to do it for us on this week's episode of 99 Potions. Thank you all for listening, and thank you all for joining me. Of course. I'm Ron and John. Yeah. And to Lloyd here in the Discord, who I've uh, been looking at in my other monitor periodically. Thank you, Lloyd, thank you, Lloyd Irving. With his big clown shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he have two? No, I can't. This, I don't know who this character is. <laughs> Uh, if you like this show, uh, you can go on to iTunes or Spotify or whatever it is that you use and give us a rating and review. That is a great way to help us. You can also help us by spreading the word to your friends, your family, to Twitter, wherever, just telling them that you like the content that we produce. Uh, otherwise, you can go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts to listen to all of the different other shows that we do. We have a bunch and they're all very, very good. Uh, I was listening to some other podcasts this week and I was like, none of these are as good as what we do. Well, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant on our network, but you meant everyone else's. Stuff. No, everybody yeah, else yeah, isn't yeah, as yeah, good yeah, as yeah. a fanbyte.com. Uh, you know, you know, yeah. I'm sure there's somebody out there. I just haven't found them yet. Uh, they're they're trying. Like, they're <laughs> trying. trying. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why I didn't name names. You know, I don't want to be mean. Um, I'll save that for you and Natalie. <laughs> uh, otherwise, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at, at fanbytemedia. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Steven Strum. Where can people follow you, Imran? You can follow me at fanbyte.com and at on Twitter at, at ImranZUMG. And where can people follow you, John? You can find me at a floppy adult on Twitter. And you can follow our producer Jordan Mallory at Jordan underscore Mallory on Twitter. Jordan. And 
and I think that's going to do it for us this week. So thanks, everybody, one last time. And just as we do every week, we're going to sidle up onto the bar and like, mm, mm, mm. We, we take a little bottle cap off of the top of this year, big drinkums, and we give it a good old 